You're listening to When Love Shows Up, weekly reflections on God's presence. I'm Philip Duvall, the rector of the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thank you for joining us. My Black Lives Matter sign is getting old. It's starting to fray at the top and fade a bit. It's looking a little shabby. We got the sign about two and a half years ago, in the fall of 2020. It was, as you may remember, election season, and it seemed like everyone had signs in their yard. We were driving down our street, and my then nine-year-old daughter said that exact thing. Dad, everybody has signs in their yards but us. And I said that was true, and followed it with, I've never been much of a sign person which was both accurate and, I hoped, an artful dodge that would end the conversation. It did not. What if we got a sign, too? she asked. My gut reaction was just to say no. But I paused instead. See, I have been trying not to say no to my kids as a knee-jerk reaction. Not because I'm a nice guy, but because I'm not one. It turns out, my knee-jerk reaction tends to be curmudgeonly. I enjoy saying no. But I'm working on that. And I was especially working on that in the fall of 2020, when everyone, when everything seemed so impossible and difficult, and my daughter's life was pretty limited and isolated. So I paused instead. A sign, I thought. I say yes. I cheer her up. Might be an easy win. So I said, well, if we got a sign for our yard, what would it say? She thought for a few seconds and then said the name of the presidential candidate for whom she knew her mother and I would be voting. I explained to her that as a priest, it was not a good idea for me to endorse a specific candidate publicly. She didn't fully understand that, so I just said I didn't want to put someone's name in our yard. I really thought this might be the end of it. The car was quiet, we were almost home, the conversation would soon be over. Then she said, what about Black Lives Matter? Oh. I knew that sign would be more polarizing than a candidate endorsement. I also knew I believed Black Lives Matter. Maybe more than anything, I was impressed with my daughter's audacity and convicted by the simplicity with which she suggested it. Because I must admit I did not have the courage to even imagine putting that sign in our yard. I wondered if it would cause problems with any of my parishioners. I I wondered if it would bother any of my neighbors. I I wondered if they'd think things about me that weren't true. I wondered if they'd find out things about me that were true. I wondered if a sign like that would be defaced. But I was proud of my daughter. So I said, okay. Well, that's not true. I actually said, let me talk to your mom about it. 
But in my heart, I had already said okay, and my wife agreed. I still wondered all those things, and so did she, but we got the sign, and we put it up right in our front yard. Nobody has defaced it. Nobody has even commented on it, to be honest, except one guy at a nursery my wife went to. She was showing him a picture of the front of our house, asking him for advice on what kinds of bushes to buy, and he gave her grief about the sign, saying she was getting political by showing him the picture of our front yard. Now, you got to know, my wife hates confrontation and hates signs more than I do. And here she was hearing about it from a stranger at a nursery. She was courteously resolute in her response to him, which made him feel embarrassed. She chose boxwoods, and he put them in the car for her. Now it's been nearly three years, and the sign isn't looking so good. All the other signs in the neighborhood have gone away, most of them shortly after November 2020. And here we are, with our Black Lives Matter sign, a white family in a white house in a white neighborhood. And I have to make a decision. Do we take it down? If we do, does that mean we've given something up? I heard so many black voices opine that white people would treat the push for racial justice like a fad, that we'd lose interest when something else caught our eye, like inflation or gas prices or Ukraine. Do I get a new sign to replace the old one? Just keep it going? Become the house with the Black Lives Matter sign in perpetuity? Who is it for? Who was it ever for? I think about asking one of my black friends if my sign even feels like support to them. But even saying that sentence out loud is embarrassing. Can you imagine that phone call? In some ways, the sign has been for me. Which is selfish, but true. Because I got to feel like a good dad and I got to feel like an ally for a little while. And, and maybe like a rebel. A rebel who drives a station wagon and listens to Paul Simon. I will say that the Black Lives Matter sign in our yard has meant something for me because I have to walk by it every day as I enter my house. And every time I see it, I wonder if I'm living into the commitment I think the sign represents. Like my daughter's audacity and simplicity, the mere presence of it convicts me. Am I doing my part? Do I have real skin in the game, or am I just virtue signaling? Is the sign just an accessory, a decoration like those boxwoods? I didn't march. I didn't march in the summer of 2020. A friend of mine had organized a series of demonstrations in downtown Cincinnati, and I was so proud of and inspired by her. And also, I didn't go. I was very nervous about getting COVID, 
about giving it to a family member who was at risk of severe COVID complications. We were putting our house up for sale. Our dog died. and I was frankly a burnt out emotional mess. I had all sorts of reasons that made sense in my head. They seemed like good reasons. Maybe they were. Maybe they were weak excuses. Because a bunch of other people who probably had all those issues got out and marched. I don't know. And I don't know what to do about this sign. But I do know that any commitment I make to racial justice, healing, and reconciliation should not be about me and my feelings anyway. The work isn't about making me feel bad or good or guilty or proud. It's not about bothering certain parishioners or impressing certain others. The work is about building a more equitable community for our black siblings. It's meant to be practical and measurable. I also know that I am not alone in any of this. I don't have to figure it out myself, not all by myself. I'm part of a community. I am very grateful for my church community. They are, they are serious about doing this work. They have pushed me and continue to push me to take seriously our part in dismantling racism and white supremacy. We're not perfect at it. And we're not all always on the same page about how and what to do. But as a church community, we are clear that we have to play an active role in changing the racial paradigm in our country, our state, our city, our own church. And we are moving too slow except when we move too fast, but we are moving, moving outside of ourselves, outside of our comfort zone and moving into action to steward our privilege for the sake of our siblings of color. I believe deeply in the hearts of the people I serve. When I get mired down in things like what to do with this sign, it is the relationships I've built here that pull me out and remind me, God is leading us in this work. And anyway, the sign wasn't even my idea in the first place. It was my daughter's. And I haven't even asked her about it. I think that will be my next step. This has been When Love Shows Up, a podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer. From Cincinnati, Ohio, the queen of the Midwest, the crown jewel of the Buckeye State, this is Philip Duvall. Remember, you are blessed, and you are a blessing. Thank you for listening.